I know. I know. I fucking know. Bitch, don't even come on here like everything is cool between us when you ain't been doing shows consistently. Listen, I already told you my system. I was going by series and not, absolutely not by game. So with the NBA Finals officially ending yesterday, welcome back to another edition of Dangerous Sports Talk. I am B. Dangerous, of course, your host. And we're back at it again with another show. Y'all keep running up the listens like I keep telling y'all to. And I appreciate you guys so much for your undying love and your support again and again and again. So let's keep it, keep this streak up. So without further ado, let's get into it. So the Warriors beat the Celtics in six games. Game six was in Boston, which was another shocker. Because we know that the whole Boston mystique thing is always there when they're when they're playing on their home floor. But the Warriors, they beat them 103 to 90. And pretty much exactly what I said came in a factor. Experience versus youth. And Steph Curry wasn't about to let the Boston Celtics win on his watch. Especially if he had something to do with it. And he is actually got his he actually got his very first finals MVP. Bill Russell finals MVP at that. So everybody's happy for Steph, which I am as well. Everybody knew the Warriors were gonna win. Boston just choked up at the end. You built up all this momentum to get to this point where you're in a position to possibly win a championship and be in the NBA finals. But I knew that youth was gonna catch up to them once like once it was all said and done. Jason Tatum and his turnovers was a was a big part of it. You got Marcus Smart not playing like he's a defensive player of the year. Jalen Brown had 35 points, but still, y'all got to tie everything together and make it happen. But what I can say to Jason Tatum is, since he is a Kobe disciple, please remember that Kobe also had playoff disappointments. He had four air balls versus Utah back in 1997, and he used that moment to fuel him into being a better player. And what I want to see come out of this is Jason Tatum become better. Just rest, reset, get your ass back in the lab, and don't take one breath from the beginning of the offseason until preseason next season begins, or training camp. So you have the time and the space to make yourself better. Please, please, please take that. But pretty much what the whole series boiled down to was too much firepower, because even if Klay Thompson wasn't at his best, you still had the likes of Jordan Poole and Mr. Andrew Wiggins, who has a ring now, which I'm absolutely proud of him. Especially after being labeled as a bust early in his career, seeing Mr. Wiggins win the championship is definitely satisfying as a basketball fan. Then you got Dre thinking that he's Dennis Rodman. And I wouldn't even put him in Dennis Rodman's caliber because Dennis really got in your fucking head to the point where you wanted to fucking squash him like a bug. And you just want to slap the shit out of Dre, but you don't want to squash him like people want to do to do the fucking Rodman. So I'm not even gonna say. Ugh. Let's just say if Dray- Draymond Green was on the fucking Bad Boy Pistons, he'd fit right in. He definitely fit right in, especially if he was under the fucking leadership of Bill Lambastard. He'd fit right into that. But anyway, 
Warriors got another championship. Lahem fans are mad, of course, because Steph is now tied in rings with Lahem in less tries, mind you. Definitely got his rings in less tries. But, of course, I don't feel bad whatsoever for them. Nor do I feel bad for Boston fans. And this is actually a message to the Celtics fans who have so much shit to say about Laker fans this, Laker fans that. However, I will keep saying this. Y'all know which Laker fans you can come for and which ones you cannot. And I'm one of those fans who you cannot come for because I could give a fuck either way. And they're saying, well, we, you can't troll us because y'all didn't make the playoffs. You got damn right. We did not make the playoffs, sniff the playoffs, have any hopes in hell in making the playoffs. But guess what? Be Dangerous is still here talking to you today. And while you may hate the Celtics, while you may hate everything that they stand for, I'm sorry, while you may hate the Lakers and everything that they stand for, and talk shit about Lakers, this, Lakers, that. I have no sympathy for you guys losing, just like you had no sympathy for the Lakers making the playoffs and sucking the season away. However, I do feel for Jason Tatum. And that would be the only reason that I paid the Celtics dust. And many people know that by now, I would hope. So to Celtics fans, I say this from the bottom. And I do mean the bottom of my heart. Enjoy this loss. Enjoy this finals loss. Because that's exactly what the Lakers got under the watchful eye of the Celtics in the 60s and the fucking 80s. So trust me, this is nothing new to us Lakers fans. So hey, welcome to the fucking couch with my non-playoff making ass. Now with that being said, we have to move on to the NHL Stanley Cup Finals. I know you guys might be looking like me. You don't watch hockey. Well, I've tr- been trying to pay closer attention to hockey. And if you guys know anything about me, y'all know that I love the Colorado Avalanche from the Patrick Watt days back in the 90s. So watching it now, like I would really have to play, play some video games to really follow the roster like I used to. But so far, the Avalanche got one game up over the Tampa Bay Lightning. And my cousin actually stays in Colorado and he got me a shirt and I can't wait to get it. So, hell, I might buy some stuff off Fan Fanatics. But anyway, it's damn it's damn good to see the Avalanche back in a promising position to win the Stanley Cup Finals, especially when the Tampa Bay Lightning is what the three-time defending champions, something like that. Like, don't quote me on it, but I'm pretty damn sure that that's what the case is. And uh, there's also a, what is it, a documentary about the Red Wings and Avalanche documentary, and I want to see that bad. Like, watching stuff like that, I absolutely love, because it gives me an opportunity to get my knowledge to grow. And if I like the documentary, I'll be able to watch it again and again. And if I don't have to think about certain things as hard, that's how I know that I got it. That's how I know when things are beginning to stick. Then other things will lead, lead way to other things. Because I'm no dummy when it comes to hockey. Like, I know plenty of stuff about it. Things just have to really stick like it is with basketball, football, wrestling, UFC, like, stuff like that. I know when I, I'll know when I have hockey on lock. So just give me a couple, so just give me a little bit more time. Give me some more time to get myself together in hockey. 
And I promise I'll get back to you guys on that. Now, this is what I've been dying to talk about. So the Lakers have two new additions. Darvin Ham as a head coach. Now people's, how can I say this? People have certain ways they see players, or former players I should say. I see Darvin Ham as the slam dunking guy who played for the fucking Milwaukee Bucks and played for a couple of teams. He had a pretty decent career. He wasn't like superstar level. But if you were watched him closely, like say in late 90s, like Kobe's era, stuff like that, he was around, you know what I'm saying? He wasn't a superstar, but he was a pretty good player. He got he let go of three other assistants, which means he's cleaning house. I like that. And then the most unlikeliest of assistants joined the Lakers as well. A person that you wouldn't even think would be a part of the Lakers anything. Fucking Rasheed Wallace. If you're wondering if I'm talking about Rasheed Wallace, the former jailblazer, the former Washington Bullet, the former Detroit Piston, who also beat the Lakers in 2004 in the finals, you are absolutely correct. This will inject some toughness into them. Well, what's left? However, you guys are going to be dealing with the same fucking roster that you had last year. So I hope you invest in plenty of weed. I hope that you invest in plenty of Prozac. And I suggest that you get some damn alcohol because of this Laker team that you got this year. If you're going to be getting the same fucking team last year with the injuries, the bullshit, and the torn vagina incidents. Listen, it's going to be another long season. Unless you include fucking punishments being a hard slap to the fucking face. That's what you guys are going to get. And people are telling me, it's not going to work because they, they're they only going to keep the same team. Well, if Jeannie gets a spine and stands on her own two feet and actually makes something happen and stands up for the team that she's been fighting for since her brother let it go, yes, the Lakers have a chance. And what would you get back in return for a Russell Westbrook or an AD? I don't fucking know. But what do I have to say to Lakers management Yes, you've done good with the hirings and coaching staff. We get that part. But damn it, you still have a long ways to go. And you better fucking figure it out. Because Be Dangerous doesn't have time to play with you. And as like I, like I keep saying to, to the fans who keep talking shit about the Lakers, I got nothing but time. And I'm ready for all the smoke. So what's up? Let's make it happen. Together. And... <sighs> WWE, the bullshit keeps rolling in, I swear to goodness. So apparently, Vince McMahon himself is taking a leave of absence from the CEO position. And now daddy's girl, Stephanie McMahon, is now the interim CEO of the company. And you wonder why that would be. Well, apparently, in so many terms, we already know that Vince McMahon is a bastard in so many ways off TV. Hell, the real Vince McMahon might be more terrifying than the character Vince McMahon. Because there was this referee, pretty much they're saying like he has a lot of sex abuse allegations and rape allegations. 
And with him stepping down instead of just taking them on, that's not the action of somebody that's innocent. There has to be some type of truth to it because when you're doing things back when you're doing them, you don't think they're ever going to see the light of day, especially if you pay them $3 million to stay fucking quiet. Like, it has to have some type of truth to it, because why else would you pay somebody off to stay silent about something? Like, your first female referee, when she didn't agree to the, the terms of the contract or whatever, apparently Vince forced himself on her. Like, I'm reading, like, different things, trying to get a good feel of what the fuck is going on. So he's pretty much been paying her off for God knows how fucking long. And now, it makes sense. It makes fucking sense. Because why else? Would your company be failing financially? The reason is because you're paying off your side chicks. Three million a grip. And you don't have money to pay your talent. So you're making stupid ass budget cuts. You're making unexplained firings. So I'm like, your personal life is fucking with your professional shit. And the company is already going down. And honestly, it's fucking sad to see. Especially knowing what... The product that WWE has meant to us fans for so long. To see it go down like this is just nothing short of depressing. But, on the flip side of things. What's done in the dark always comes to the fucking light. And shit like this is why Dark Side of the Ring got cancelled. Too many dirty secrets come up out of the woodworks. Shit that you thought, thought was dead and buried from fucking 30, damn near 40 years ago. It's always gonna come back. And if you're guilty of it, you're not going to want to stand in the shit that you did back in the day. Because you thought it was never going to be found out. But then when it comes back up, you want to take a leave and step down from being CEO. As long as Vince McMahon is still alive, it's always going to be his company. Point blank, period. But this, these investigations are not looking good. And just knowing... How much shit Vince has gotten into over the years from the steroid scandal. The whole Owen Hart situation. Oh, shit. More sex abuse claims. More side chicks being paid off. Like, it's a lot of shit. It's actually too too many things to actually say in this, in this fucking podcast. And the whole China thing, which... If anything he did pissed me off. It was about China, but that's another story for another day. It's a, it's a lot of shit. But uh, these allegations definitely, definitely rocked the WWE. In case it hasn't been rocked enough with Roman going away with the whole Naomi and Naomi and um Trinity thing. Like, when is the bullshit going to end? You know what I'm saying? It's like the innocence of WWE has been has been pulled back. Like, it's been out, been exposed. Everybody knows that shit is going on behind closed doors. But still. After a while, something has to give. Because you can't keep enduring scandal after scandal after bullshit scandal. Taking a leave from absence. Like, and then, what if more accusers come up? Which I don't have any doubts that they won't. Like, some accusers might come back up, but... We'll just have to wait and see what the fuck happens because, bro, the more I talk about this, the more depressed I'm getting because it's just sad. It's sad, man. But yes, now you have a new episode of Dangerous Sports Talk to run up and listen to. 
Once again, I thank you guys so much for your love and your support over and over again. Keep running up my listens because the last episode just got 11 listens. Last time I checked, it was 10. Now it's at 11, and I have you guys to thank so much for that. I love you guys, and keep running it up. Please take care of yourselves and each other. Peace.